0: The Edge is copyright 2006 by Scott Wittenberg. To learn more about this and other novels by the author, please visit scottwittenberg.com. And be sure to check out The Mayday Murders, another free podcast currently available by Scott Wittenberg. Chapter 11 She Heard It Again It was a low-pitched humming sound that seemed to be coming from the kitchen. At first Ellen thought she was imagining it in her intoxicated state. But as the noise persisted, she soon realized that it was quite real. Afraid to get up, she just lay there trying to imagine what could be making such a strange sound. Had she left the kitchen light on? It was fluorescent, and she remembered that sometimes it made a humming sound. Definitely not, she decided. This sound was too loud for that, and it was getting louder. What could it possibly be? She finally got her nerve up and slowly pulled down the sheets. Just as she swung her legs over the side of the bed, the noise suddenly stopped. A split second later, a blast of blinding white light shone through the bedroom doorway. For a moment, the entire room was lit up, and Ellen could see her naked body in the eerie white glow. Then, just as quickly as it appeared, the light diminished. Then she heard breathing. It was a heavy gasping sound at first, but eventually it became more regular. There was no other sound, just breathing. Ellen started trembling. She could feel her heart pound faster and faster, and feel the sweat beating up on her forehead. She held her breath for fear that the intruder would hear, then desperately struggled to think of a weapon she might have nearby that she could use. She could think of nothing. She just lay there, holding her breath, and waited. Suddenly, she could just make out a dark shape standing in the doorway, silhouetted by the weak light of the moon that shone through the bedroom window. She could tell by the shape that it was a man, and she could hear his breathing more distinctly now. He started moving slowly toward her. Ellen was too terrified to move. She just lay there, clutching the sheets at her side. She felt the urge to scream, but she was too racked by fear to open her mouth. Her heart was now pounding so hard that she actually thought it might burst out of her rib cage. He was standing about five feet away now. She could faintly make out his features in the dim light. He was of average height and build with dark hair. He appeared to be fairly young, probably in his mid-twenties. He was wearing what appeared to be some sort of jumpsuit with zippered pockets. As he moved closer, Ellen started to pull the sheets over herself. Suddenly, he spoke. "'Don't be afraid, Ellen. I'm not going to harm you.' His voice was soft and calm, almost soothing. "'What, what do you want?' Ellen stuttered. "'I've been sent here for a purpose.' "'I'm afraid I'm not at liberty to divulge any information other than the fact that you won't be harmed, and all intentions are good ones. It is imperative that we act quickly, though. May we turn on a light, please?' Oddly, Ellen felt herself almost relaxed by the tranquility of his voice and his mere presence in the room. Without hesitation, she turned on the bedside lamp. The light revealed a young man with pleasant features. He smiled at her. "'Thank you. As I was saying. We must hurry, so I will be as brief as possible. There will be plenty of time for explanation later. We are going to take a trip, Ellen, to a place very far from Earth. You will find it quite beautiful and pleasant. We have examined you and feel certain that you will want to make this journey. You will return later to Earth unharmed. I am afraid that is all I can tell you now. Ellen looked into his eyes as he spoke, and she felt as if she were in some kind of trance, a very beautiful, soothing trance. As he stood there and gazed at her with his kind but compelling eyes, she marveled at how natural the scenario seemed. It was almost as if he had been her friend for years in the way he stood and spoke to her so casually. She wasn't even consciously aware that she was lying there completely naked in front of a male stranger. All she was aware of now was how relaxed he made her feel, and that she was about to embark on a journey to a faraway place with him. Ellen felt a surge of excitement that nearly overwhelmed her. She had dreamed of going into outer space for as long as she could remember. As a child, she used to sit on Daddy's lap on the patio and stare up at the stars, wondering what it would be like to be up there, looking down on Earth. And now she was getting the chance to actually do it. It was a dream come true. "'I'd love to go,' Ellen exclaimed, not believing how easy the words came to her. "'Very well. You needn't take anything with you, but I do suggest that you get some clothes on. I know how obsessed you earthlings are with modesty.' He smiled. Ellen looked down at herself and suddenly felt embarrassed. She leaped out of bed and scurried over to the closet, trying to cover herself with her hands as she did so. Then she started rummaging through her wardrobe, trying to decide what to wear. The alien chuckled. Don't worry, Ellen. Everything is fashionable where we are going. Ellen giggled for some reason, exactly why she wasn't certain. She finally decided on her favorite sweater and a pair of jeans. She found her leather loafers and slipped into them. The alien stood back and stared at her approvingly. "'You look marvelous. Now we must go quickly.' He took Ellen by the hand and led her out of the bedroom into the living room. When they entered the kitchen, Ellen let out a gasp. There before her stood what appeared to be an incredibly small spacecraft. It was pure white, with no markings whatsoever, and resembled half of a cold capsule. It was dome-shaped at the top, and completely flatted at base, where it was resting on her linoleum floor." At around six feet in diameter, the craft stood approximately nine feet high, barely clearing the kitchen ceiling. A small window could be seen near the point of the dome, and with the exception of a thin outline of what was apparently a door, the rest of the craft was virtually featureless. Ellen could not believe her eyes. "'We're taking off in that thing?' the alien laughed. I can understand why you are in awe of this vehicle. Although it may appear to be somewhat different from what your people are used to conceiving as a traditional spacecraft, you may rest assured that it is fully functional. In actuality, where I come from, we have little need for spacecraft, and this is only here for the purpose of transporting you. Perhaps this will be explained to you in more detail later. At any rate, we must hurry, for I am certain that this vehicle has been spotted by at least one of your many radar-tracking stations here on Earth. "'But how did you get this thing in here?' Ellen asked, stupefied. She noticed that with the exception of the spacecraft, her kitchen was in complete order. The window was even still intact. "'Oh, so quizzical you earthlings are. If I thought we had enough time for a lecture in material-particulate dynamics, I would gladly explain.' however i am afraid that we must hurry now once we are out of the range of detection by earth i will gladly answer as many questions as you wish to ask providing that i am at liberty to do so fair enough okay ellen said but just one more little question what's your name i am known as Orda. now we must board the craft he then produced a small white rectangular object from his breast pocket On it were several buttons that ran in a circular pattern along its face, or depressed one of the buttons. Ellen watched in awe as a hatch that was practically as high and wide as the craft itself slid silently sideways, exposing its interior. The inside seemed much larger than she had anticipated. In the center near the top were two padded seats situated at a perpendicular to the floor and facing toward the nose of the craft in front of the seats was an instrument panel running along and below the little window the rest of the interior of the craft was virtually void with the exception of a small housing of some sort situated near the base ellen noticed a faint blue glow emitting from the housing orda pressed another button on the rectangular object and the seats began moving downward toward the base of the craft as soon as they reached the bottom he gestured for ellen to get into the further of the two seats Orda helped her into the seat and when she was situated he pulled a safety belt type harness around her midsection and snapped it into place are you comfortable ellen yes quite comfortable she replied ellen was astounded at how soft the seats were as she settled back and rested her head against the high headrest she felt a little odd though sitting there and feeling her entire weight pressed against the back of the seat orda took his place in the other seat and snapped the safety harness into place then he pressed another button on the control device, and the hatch slid silently shut. Just as the hatch closed, the eerie glow intensified, giving the interior a surreal atmosphere. In the soft but eerie light, Ellen watched Orda as he pressed yet another button. She felt herself moving upward toward the nose of the craft as the seats returned noiselessly to their former positions. When they stopped moving, she could see the ceiling of her kitchen directly in front of her through the little window. Ellen suddenly felt very strange and more than a little anxious. Orda opened up a small compartment located at the side of the instrument panel and took out a small capsule that was sealed in a green translucent wrapper. You must ingest this capsule, Ellen. It was designed to prevent motion sickness and to relax you. It is very quick-acting and quite effective. We will be traveling at a speed considerably greater than that of light for a very brief moment. This speed is entirely too great for your body to endure without some means of preventive measure. I am, of course, immune to the effects of that rate of speed, and can withstand speeds even greater. To your extreme right is a small compartment that contains an assortment of your earthly conveniences, including a decanter of drinking water. Just lightly touch that small disc there, and the compartment will open. Ellen looked around and spotted the disc located on the side panel next to her seat. She touched it, and a hatch slid open, revealing a small compartment containing several items wrapped in the same translucent green as a capsule. She spotted the decanter of water and took it out of the compartment. She then unwrapped the capsule, popped it into her mouth, and washed it down with the water. After she placed the decanter back into the compartment, the little hatch door slid shut, as if it had a mind of its own. In disbelief at this little miracle, Ellen felt an urge to ask Gorda about it but remembered her deal with him. "'The pill will take effect almost immediately,' he said. "'Now, just lean back and relax, Ellen. We'll be taking off very shortly.'" Orda began pressing various buttons and adjusting several knobs on the instrument panel. Ellen noted that the markings for the instruments were printed in English characters, but she had never heard nor seen most of the words before. They reminded her of a foreign language. Latin, perhaps. She was, however, able to make out two of the words. Above a large red button near the center of the instrument panel were the words, Engage Flight Mode. Just as she spotted this button, as if on cue, Orta pressed it. Away we go, he exclaimed. Suddenly, everything went black. Ellen felt as if she had been knocked out, but only for a split second. The next thing she knew... She was looking straight out the little window at millions of twinkling stars where her kitchen ceiling had just been. "'Good Lord!' she shouted in amazement. "'It is rather breathtaking, isn't it?' Orta said. "'Where are we, anyway?' she asked excitedly. "'We are now approximately twenty thousand miles from the planet Earth. "'I told you that we would be traveling at a considerably high rate of speed,' Orta said, deadpan. My God, I can't believe this. You mean to tell me that in hardly the blink of an eye we have gone from my kitchen in New York City to here? I just can't believe it. My, you are a skeptical one, aren't you? If I show you Earth, will you believe me? Oh, I promise I will. Orta threw a switch on the instrument panel, and suddenly the entire panel revolved upward and inward at the top. As it disappeared noiselessly, another panel with a steering device and a different set of instruments came into view and locked itself into place. Orta put his hands on the steering device and pressed another button. This vehicle is maneuverable as well," he said as he pulled back on the steering device. Suddenly, Ellen felt the craft accelerating upward in an arc, and in a few seconds realized that they were upside down. She could hear Orta chuckling as he pulled the joystick hard to the right, and the spacecraft eventually leveled off. "Sorry about that," he said with a grin, "but you wanted to see Earth? Well, Ellen, there she is." Ellen let out a gasp of awe. There was planet Earth just like the photographs she had seen taken from the various space flights and satellites but this was much more beautiful than any photograph could ever be this was real and she was seeing it with her very own eyes she found herself totally speechless as she stared out at the huge sphere it was truly the most beautiful sight she had ever seen in her entire life As she continued gazing out the window in wonder, Ellen could see the white cloud masses hanging over the cobalt blue that comprised the oceans and other bodies of water. She could see some of the land masses and tried to identify them. She spotted the peninsula of Florida jutting out from beneath a huge cloud mass, and her eyes followed the east coast until she thought she could make out Long Island. Just think, she thought to herself, I was just down there a few minutes ago and now I'm here. "'God, this is incredible!' she cried. "'Yes, it certainly is,' said Orda. "'Actually, Earth doesn't look much different than from where I'm taking you. I hope you won't be disappointed by the similarity in appearance.' "'Oh, never! Do you realize how lucky I am? I'm seeing something that millions of people spend their lives just dreaming about. It's truly a dream come true, Orda. Upon saying his name for the first time, Ellen all of a sudden felt a little light-headed as she took into account how much had happened to her in such an incredibly short span of time. Barely fifteen minutes ago, she had been lying in her bed fearing for her life. Now, she was cruising through outer space with an alien from another planet thousands of miles away from Earth. It was just too much to conceive. I'm afraid that I'm going to have to turn around now. "'We have a long way to go, and time is of the essence,' Orta declared. "'As he began steering the spacecraft away from Earth, Ellen took one last long look. "'If only she had her camera! "'Oh well,' she thought to herself. "'She didn't need her damn camera. "'This picture would remain imprinted in her mind forever, and that was all that mattered. "'As Earth disappeared from view, Ellen wondered why she was being taken to Ordas' planet in the first place.' All of a sudden, she thought of a lot of questions she wanted answered. "'Orda, why are you taking me there? To your planet, that is.' "'Ellen, I'm afraid that I can't answer that. I know I told you that I would answer any questions you may have, but there are certain ones that I'm simply not at liberty to answer. I believe I did make that quite clear from the beginning.' Ellen tried to recall exactly what all Orda had said earlier. He had told her that he was there for a purpose.' "'apparently to take her with him,' she assumed. "'Then he had stated that he could tell her no more, "'other than that all intentions were good "'and that she wouldn't be harmed. "'What could be the reason for all of this possibly be?' she wondered. "'Some kind of experiment? "'Were they going to subject her to some sort of medical examination "'to determine what makes the human body tick? "'But they are human, aren't they? "'They sure seem to be, or at least Orta seem to be.' "'An absurd thought suddenly occurred to her.' Maybe Orta was really some kind of ugly, slimy creature that could transform itself into a humanoid body, just like those monster movies she'd seen on television. Ellen suddenly laughed to herself at the thought. Ordo just seemed too human for that. Other than his rather stilted manner of speech, he could pass as any guy on earth. And a nice guy at that. And that sense of humor of his. It was a little corny, but certainly not damaging in any way, or tasteless, like she had heard from some of the weirdos she had known on Earth. Nope, Orta was just a regular guy who happened to be from another planet. She suddenly realized something. His voice! He had literally seduced her into going with him with his voice, that calm, soothing, almost mesmerizing voice of his— that was the big difference between Orda and any humans she had ever known, and there was something else that set him apart from typical humans on Earth. He seemed to be in complete control of himself, as if nothing in the universe could possibly bother him, and he was in complete control of her as well. He seemed to be able to predict nearly everything she did, and could practically read her mind. "'Wait a minute,' she thought suddenly. Orda had just told her that she had been examined, and that they were sure she wanted to take this journey. Who had examined her, and how in the hell could they be so certain that she wanted to do this? Suddenly, she felt totally confused. She wanted to know what was really going on here, and she wanted to know now—